Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Show. Is he stepping down as Duke coach? Coach K is going to retire after the 21-22 season. So one more season for Coach K. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Well, okay. All right, John Dyer, you're on the clock. The Rich Eisen Show. I don't think it feels right to anybody. I mean, everyone is concerned. Today's guests, Buccaneers linebacker Shaq Barrett, ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst, actor Jeffrey Wright, plus Jaguars head coach Urban Meyer. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. The Los Angeles Clippers and the Los Angeles Lakers here in this town of Los Angeles. Their season's on the brink. Lakers can be eliminated tonight. Oh, my gosh. And then you've got the Clippers and the Mavericks coming up um, with an opportunity for the Mavericks to one and done the Clippers. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. Sixers survive uh, without uh, Embiid. Well, yeah. I guess as much as the team already up 3-1 can, quote-unquote, survive. Uh, and the Jazz, impressive uh, in victory, uh, taking care uh, of business um, last night and moving on to the second round and just chilling, waiting to see who they're going to wind up uh, taking on as the Nuggets and the Blazers have at it again. What a dynamite game that was. And we all know, obviously, the Eastern Conference is set. The Celtics losing to the Nets. And who knew what was going to happen to the Celtics the minute they walked off the floor in Barclays Center. And to talk about all of this is one of our favorites from the worldwide leader in sports. We had the host of The Jump yesterday and Rachel Nichols, now one of the mainstays of that show and also uh, of their basketball coverage, their outstanding basketball coverage on the worldwide leader in sports. Brian Windhorst back here on The Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Brian? And back in studio in L.A. for the first time in 14 months this week. I so, saw that. I saw that. That's one of the reasons why. That's one of the reasons why I waited uh, till a decent hour to text you, uh, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, during the playoffs, I'm up pretty early. Unfortunately, I bet. I bet. Why are the late uh, the loss? Why is Los Angeles basketball seasons on the brink, Brian? Well, Walk different me reasons. I mean, the Lakers are just really banged up. And not only that, but their team is inadequately constructed to handle the challenge that's in front of them, which is that <clears throat> without Anthony Davis, they really need LeBron to ramp up his scoring. And the way LeBron does that is by attacking the paint, and either off the dribble or getting in there um, out of, you know, with his back turned and going to work. And number one, I don't think he's. You know, I don't think that ankle is allowing him to do it. I don't know if he'll ever admit it, but 
You know, if you look at his array of moves that he's using in this series, it's not his normal array. He hasn't gone to his spin move and other stuff like that. I just don't believe he has the same strength in there. And then because the Lakers cannot buy an outside shot, hmm. um, the and, and, and Andre Drummond is you know a guy who they're now playing, the, the Suns pack the paint. You, you mean, you can see it as you watch this series go along, sort of the resting position that the Suns take on defense. In other words, where they're watching the ball, they've gone from being three or four steps outside the paint to the other night, um, Tuesday night, their players literally had a foot in the paint when LeBron was looking to, to go there. And now all of a sudden we're back to like 2007 LeBron with, with those Cavs teams where he had to be superhuman to get it up onto the rim. And, and so, you know, they're really their only hope, you know, that I see tonight is that some of their guys start hitting some of those outside shots and at least, you know, get the points up or at least force the Suns to rethink their strategy. And I think it's a big lift. It could happen. I mean, I've seen LeBron do it dozens of times, but um, the Suns are clearly in better shape. And we'll see if Anthony can play. I think he's going to, you know, try it. Uh, I don't know how effective he's going to be. And then with the Clippers, Rich, um, Mm. you know, they're a a very maddening team. You know, last night, Luka Doncic outplayed Kawhi Leonard. That's just the truth of the matter. And, um, you know, look, Luca is potentially an all-time great. Uh, you know, and, and, and Kawhi has been really good in this series. I'm not saying that Kawhi Leonard should be, like, dragged because he got outplayed by a guy who could be an MVP in the very near future. But this is why losing games one and two at home is so damn hurtful because now you have your star outplayed and you're on the brink because of the effort level and the intensity level and the, and everything like that, that, that they brought out in the, in those first two games. And that's a penalty that they're now really having to face. So let's take it one at a time. Then uh, Lakers get eliminated tonight. Um, and what do you think the, uh, their, their summer looks like going into the fall? What do they do? What are the moves that, that this team needs to make? <laughs> do you think? Well, Rich, you know, Dennis Schroeder turned down a contract extension for a lot of money uh, in February. And um, I wonder how he feels about that because Schroeder has been awful. He's just been off. Frankly, he hasn't been the same player since he got COVID. Um, And, I mean, I I don't – I mean, maybe he's feeling effects that, you know, Jason Tatum talked about how it – was tugging on him for months that he was having breathing issues for months. Like, you know, Schroeder, I mean, you, and, you know, it's his personal health situation. So, you know, he has every right to keep it private. And when Schroeder has been asked about COVID, he's gotten very angry. Um, hmm. He doesn't want to talk about it. That's fine. But I, I don't know what you want me to say. He got COVID. He came back. He's not been the same player. And frankly, he's been awful in this series. He was, he was absolutely dreadful and he's their biggest free agent. Um, and the thing about it is, is it's, it's, you know, it's not a zero sum thing. It's not like they can say, okay, Dennis, you didn't work out for us. Thank you. Um, good luck to you. Now we're going to go sign Kyle Lowry. It doesn't work that way because the way it works in the NBA is you, you know, you can't go over the salary cap to sign players unless they're your players on your team. And if the Lakers lose tonight and depending on how it goes, I suspect in the array of stories that come out afterwards and in the array of analysis, you're going to hear Kyle Lowry's name discussed a lot because the, I mean, ultimately the Raptors didn't trade him, So it's, it's really hard to know like this would have done it, but 
you know, what we believe happened is that the Lakers were not willing to put Taylor Horton Tucker into the trade in addition to Dennis Schroeder um, and could not get Kyle Lowry back and because they wanted to protect their young asset, their young good player for the future. And, you know, Horton Tucker has been at times in this series not even gotten off the bench, although he did play well on Tuesday, and I expect him to have a bigger role tonight. And so that's really the thing that we're going to see, you know. Um, you know, is there something that you can do with Dennis Schroeder or sign and trading Dennis Schroeder to improve him? Horton Tucker is also a free agent, but he's restricted, and so they would have control on, on keeping him. But that's going to be a, a real big thing. One of the things about when you have a championship team, sometimes it can be tough to improve it. And, the, you know, their free agent signing that they made, um, the, their big free agent signing last year was uh, was Montrez Harrell, who has basically not been a factor in this series. So, you know, I think there was a, a bunch of things that are going to have to be improved. What if the Clippers get bounced? Is it possible that Kawhi bounces himself? What do you think? I just, Rich, I mean, first off, I don't, I have not heard anything about that. And I'm just going to go back to when he was a free agent two years ago. Right. We had a lot of speculation, but Nobody none knew. of us had a really good feel for what he was going to do. We thought there was a good chance he was going to come to L.A. And, and, and we had felt the Clippers for months, but we didn't know. And, and, I, and I'm going to say I would have no insight. I'm not reporting anything. My feel is that everything he's gone through to get here, I don't think he's walking on this team. Um, the challenge is, is, does he sign a long extension or does he keep it short? Does he sign another short, a short deal? And then what do they do? You know, they, they are another team that has sort of cast its whole lot, and they may not have a championship roster. And so, you know, <laughs> to be honest with you, to, to pull the curtain back a little bit, um, I know that this is going to probably make you laugh, but... This morning, I have been reading stories about what Steve Ballmer did when he was CEO of Microsoft when he had major products fail. Because he did, you know, he they rolled out the Zune, you know, that was supposed to beat the iPad or the iPod, the iPod, and um, they rolled out Bing. Remember Bing? You yeah. probably did ads for Bing uh, <laughs> to try to beat Google, you know, and it didn't work out. And you know, um, he's he's worth seventy billion dollars because he you know, really innovated at Microsoft for a long time. And I, I kind of wanted to see what he did. Did he fire everybody up there? Or did, you know, I'm, I'm actually researching that because I think it's something that's going to be in his lap. And I think that there would be a change, but I'm not sure that, you know, changing out, you know, the front office, not the whole front office, but making a change in the front office is going to change the, the menu that they've got on their plate. You know, the team that they have is kind of the team that they have. They thought it was a championship team. And if it isn't, it's complicated to, 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 to deal with that. Brian Winhorst here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, what happened in Boston? Best you can tell, Brian. What happened with the Celtics? Well, they had a very rough year this year. Um, they paid the tax uh, of going deep into the bubble. All the teams who went deep into the bubble have had rough years this year. You know, the Heat are gone. The Nuggets are okay, but battered and hanging on for dear life in that series. The Celtics are gone, and the Lakers are in serious trouble being gone tonight. Um, they've had the virus problem, so, I mean, it's not in a vacuum. Um, on, the, on the broad scale, on the 30,000-feet scale, and the reason that Danny Ainge is probably, set, is probably um, leaving is because over the last two-plus years, they've had a massive, and I can't underline this enough, a massive talent drain from that organization from from Kyrie Irving to Al Horford to Gordon Hayward all walking out the door for nothing um they sign uh Kemba Walker and unfortunately for him he ends up being very injury prone um the draft picks that they held on to Rich you know 
for years, you know, all these players would come to market. Uh, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, who didn't want to play there, um, Jimmy Butler, all these players would come to market. And the Celtics would make offers, but they wouldn't go all in for that player. And Danny became kind of famous for saying, we were so close, we were so close. But they held on to those draft picks that they had those extra picks, and they held on to Tatum and Brown because they were like, these guys are too valuable. And those draft picks haven't panned out. They didn't turn out to be top three picks like their earlier picks that they had were. They didn't hit balls out of the park. I mean, they drafted guys like um, Romeo Langford and Aaron Neesmith, and unless you're a Celtics fan, you probably don't know who those players are. Uh, they didn't hit home runs on that. And so it's been a, basically a massive talent drain. And in these last two years, as those guys have walked on them, the, the Nets have passed them. The 76ers have passed them. The Bucks have passed them. The Hawks are on a rocket ship. You know, looking short-term future, like, they just are their, – their short-term future, you know, being an elite team doesn't look great. And um, I am stunned that, that Brad Stevens is taking over that job because – and this question was asked in the press conferences yesterday to both Brad and to the owners – why is why are the Celtics in better position with Brad Stevens as president versus Brad Stevens as coach? Because mm-hmm. it's one thing to take a roll of the dice on a guy who has no experience to be your your president. At some point, all people who had no experience were given the job. Red Auerbach, I assume, when he first got the job, mm-hmm. there was a roll of the dice on that. It turned out okay, um, but when you do that and also hurt your coaching position, that's a that's a heck of a gamble. And they didn't give good answers for that, in my view. You know, they gave a word salad. So um, to me, that's like one of the most important things. And the other thing is, when it comes to coaching, you know, you know, now the coaching hire is like super duper 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 vital. Hmm. He has got to hit this coaching hire. And if he's going to hire a coach who has experience or is highly desirable, that coach is going to want to bring in his own people. So is Brad going to? going to take this promotion and then put his foot on his entire coaching staff's backside and kick them out onto the street. That's not the Brad Stevens that I know. So he's going to have to be ruthless right out of the gate. So I know that's the question I have about how this coaching hire is going to be, you know, is this going to be all, all, all full bore or not? So then was this knee jerk? Um, Was this, you know, something that, that happened over the weekend? I mean, honestly, or was this in the works? Because from what you just told me, it doesn't sound terribly well thought through, right? Uh, I'm assuming with all of that, that Stevens would already have a coach in mind to take his spot, right? I mean, wouldn't that be part of the plan? I, I would assume that as well, but I don't know that. And you're asking the second most important question. The most important question I had yesterday was, why is this better for Brad to be in the front office instead of coaching? The second question is, you know, when did this happen? You know, did, did Danny decide, you know, because there had been some rumblings within the league that Danny may take a step back either sure. to consultant or, you know, flat out, you know, re- retiring that, I mean, we, we were surprised at the timing of it happening on this moment, but that did not knock us over with a feather. Those of us who work in the league, the, the Stevens move did. Now they have shown in the past that they can be very, very covert with Brad Stevens, remember when they hired him in this age where almost everything in the NBA is reported, we all hear about it. Mm-hmm. And trust me, a lot of moves that happen that don't actually get publicly reported, we've heard about it. That Stevens thing blew us out of the water when he got the, got the coaching job, and none of us knew this was coming yesterday. And so, and from what I understand, Rich, 
The other members of the front office were caught off by that move. Not again, not that Danny would leave. And it was Stevens was being promoted and his coaching staff was unaware that it was happening. And so the question I have is, was this something that you thought of six weeks ago? Was it something that you thought of six months ago? Was it something you thought of six days ago? When you had this, when you made this decision as a, as a, as an ownership group to hand, you know, to change your leadership for the first time in 18 years and not have a search, was this something that you sat and talked with Brad with for, for days on end and listened to all of his plans? Or was it something you were just like, oh, this sounds like a good idea? I mean, these are all really important questions that you know, they were not willing to give the answers to, and maybe that's smart and maybe it's worrisome. I don't know. Before I let you go, Brian Winhorst, uh, injury check here. Uh, Embiid's knee and uh, most, uh, I guess, uh, uh, pressing, um, Chris Paul's shoulder. What do you have for me on those two big-time name players in the playoffs here i think uh chris is going to be fine for tonight i don't think that that you know, injury that he had the other night was anywhere near as severe as what he had in the series i think he should be fine you'll okay. have the same concerned about the lingering stinger but i don't think that new injury is a big issue from what i've been told and um you know in talk in talking to the to doc rivers and the 76ers players last night doc was very non-committal mm about um, when Embiid or if Embiid would come back. Um, they, they, you know, they're not ruling him out, but saying he's going to come back, is I don't know if I could say that's what Doc said. Um, you know, this is a meniscus tear. Uh, he had a meniscus tear in his left knee uh, a couple of years ago and needed surgery. Now, I am not an orthopedist. Um, I, know that n- I definitely know that not all meniscus tears are created equal, and I can't tell you the difference between one versus the other, but... Most meniscus tears require surgery, and all of them require significant rehab. Um, and I know they say it's small, but, Rich, I mean, I doubt there's such thing as a small meniscus tear. It may be small in size, but not small in impact. And in talking to the 76ers players after last night's game, it certainly sounded like they were preparing for the idea that he was going to be out for a while. Um, he did, like I said, he did shoot around before the game yesterday, you know, kind of like in a – and like a message to the fans, you know, I'm not, I'm not done, but this is a, I mean, no matter how you spin it, and even if he's able to somehow get back out on the court in this next series, or if they can advance to the conference finals, Rich, it is a, a blow to them. They were playing their best basketball. They won 10 out of 12 going into the, to the end of the regular season to clinch the number one seed. They were so awesome in the first few games of this series. And B was averaging 30 points and shooting 67%. He was hitting threes. He was hitting mid-rangers. He was dominating in the post. You know, he was arguably the MVP of the playoffs through the first three games. I know that that's not that meaningful, but I'm just telling you they were full bore ahead. Doc is raving about his conditioning. You know, they, you know, they're not going to have to play the Bucks and the Nets. They're going to have to be one or the other. They were looking like I could see their lane to the finals, and now their best player is knocked down. And they're all putting a good face on it, and they're all referring to how during the regular season that they went 7-3 and three when he missed 10 games, and that may be meaningful, but I just cannot see them beating the Nets or the Bucks without Embiid being at or near that MVP level, and maybe he'll surprise me and be there, but uh, it was a huge, huge setback. Mm. Last quick one, uh, so, and you do expect to have uh, see Anthony Davis tonight. You do expect to see him in game six. I don't expect it. I, I know okay. I think he's going to work out before the game and they're going to yeah. take a look at him. But um, remember, it's not just the groin. He it's also sprained his left knee. Right. And some people might argue, and again, I'm not a physiotherapist, but okay. some people might argue that the left knee may have led to the groin. So you get worried about that kind of stuff. But obviously it's a make-or-break game. So 
he's going to probably give it all he can. You're the best, Brian. Thanks for taking the call. Thanks for making the call. Let's chat soon. We'll see you on the Enjoy, jump. Enjoy, Rich. You got it. That's uh, Brian Windhorst in studio on the jump on ESPN. TJ, didn't Woo. expect that response. That's unfortunate. I I feel like I'm going to cry. Chris, didn't expect that response. That's unfortunate. Thanks, bud. Good thing I gave up on the Knicks a long time. <laughs> Take a break, and we'll talk to a man who's water skiing behind yachts named Kyrie, oh. Kevin, and Harden. Brooklyn Nets fan Jeffrey Wright when we come back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good to see you, Shaquille O'Neal. How are you, sir? Before we get started. Yes. If I take this home, will I get arrested? The Vince Lombardi trophy? Is this the real one? Or that's the real one. That's a real Vince Lombardi trophy. I don't know if that's the one that's going to be given to the Rams and the Patriots this weekend, but that is a real... You want to, you want to lift it? Well, if I lift it, I want to take it home. No, if you well, <laughs> then I think we're then I think we're at uh, a crossroads here. Actually, we're not at a crossroads. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Okay, sure. I'm not a lawyer, but I watch a lot of law shows. Okay. I got about 50 witnesses that see me hit my head on your set. Oh. So if you just give me this, I'll let bygones be bygones. So, so it's a liability issue yes, for is. me yeah. that turns into an even worse liability issue. I don't want to have to call it the Shaq Eisen show. I know, I know that. Just, just I know like, that. All you got to do is just give me this, and I'll put it next to mine. This I'm, is I'm, beautiful. I'm doing the math in my head as to how much you'd be suing me for personal liability as to how much this trophy costs, which I've been told is around $22,000. Well, I'll be suing you for $23,000. <laughs> you want to lift it? No, I don't want to touch it. Okay, you sure you don't want to touch that? Bad luck. Bad luck for you or for... No, to touch the trophy when you earn it. I like that. Yeah, my father used to always... Are you serious? Yeah, he always used to... Because, you know, like when you're a kid, you get the trophy from a local local trophy shop. Sure. He'd be like, if you listen to me, guys, you get this. You want to touch it? Don't touch it. It's bad luck. You got to earn it. Right. So, so that's you... why, that, that's why, like, you know how, like, in the NBA, when you win the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference, they give you those little trophies? Yeah. I never touched it. 
Never. I never touched it and I never celebrated it. I remember Phil did that too, right? Didn't you, like when you guys won the Western Conference Finals of one of the many times you did? Yeah, I never touched it. I never never looked at it, never celebrated. This is beautiful though. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful trophy. Do you, do you get a replica? Because, you know, NFL players can get, like, a mini replica of this. Do you I, got, get... I got four replicas. Of the Larry O'Brien trophy? And I gave them to my father. Because growing up, he used to always take my trophies mm-hmm. and let me celebrate it one or two days, and then he'd put them away. So finally, I got enough courage to ask him why he did that. And he said he never wanted me to be satisfied. So after he passed away, I went and retrieved all my trophies from, from Little League, high school, college, and I put it in a room in my house and I dedicated it to him. So now, like, if you go, you, you you get to see, like, all my trophies. But I would win it. I'd celebrate it one, two days, and I'd, you know, me and him would have dinner, and he would say, thank you very much. And he'd put it there. <laughs> and I'd come back, like, the next week, hey, Dad, let's go to dinner. Like, where's the trophy? I don't know. Go get another one. <laughs> that was the thing. And then you did. Yeah. And then you would. Then you would. Love Shaquille O'Neal. Love him. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for our entire show archive, including all of Shaq's appearances. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Look, um, not a lot of people are talking about the jazz, right? Not a lot of people are talking about um, the Hawks, right? And the conversation you hear about the Bucks is like, hey, this is maybe their moment, right? Maybe. Sixers are like, what a bummer about Embiid, but maybe he'll come back. Maybe he can do this, that, and the other thing. The general sense coming into the playoffs was Lakers and Clippers will advance, right, at least. They're on the brink. LeBron, how many people were saying seventh seed, most dangerous seventh seed, that they, they may still win it all? And the concept is it's just the Nets world we're all paying rent because, of course, they're the team that's the super team. And so many fans call into the show. So many fans respond to the show. So many fans, not even with this show, we hear it. They can't stand the Nets because they've put this team together. That is unfair. And somebody who does not care one whit about all that, I decided to get this man on this show. He had zero chill in tweeting at Knicks fans last <laughs> night, watching them get eliminated in five on the island of Manhattan. Sitting out there in Brooklyn with Kyrie and Durant and Harden and Blake Griffin and more is the Tony Award uh, winner, Emmy Award winner, Golden Globe Award winner, Jeffrey Wright, the actor and diehard Brooklyn Nets fan here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, sir? I'm, uh, I'm hanging in there, Rich. How you doing, man? I'm doing fine. I figured, you know what? Let's get Jeffrey on this show and give voice to the Brooklyn Nets fan and what you think. What are you thinking right now, Jeffrey Wright? Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, time to, to heal the nation, uh, Rich. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Together here. One um, super team at a time. Yeah, you know, it's all, it's all. I, you know, I got to laugh a little bit. It, it's pretty, I, I, find, I do find it pretty funny because, mm-hmm. yeah, there's all this resentment, there's all this hate, you know, toward the Nets, but there is not an NBA fan anywhere in this country, anywhere in the world, who didn't want KD when free agency came up, who didn't want Kyrie on their team. And now, you know, everybody's whining because, yeah, the Nets are coming to town to spank that booty. So, I mean, I get it. But everyone wanted, you know, people were floating out, like, you know, starting five lineups, speculative lineups with these dudes for every team in the league. So, come on. I mean, you know. It is what it is. And the thing that people, I think, fail to understand is that this didn't 
just happened with the flip of a switch. What's what's happened in Brooklyn since the Nets got here is that there's been an evolution of a culture at that organization and on that court, a culture of winning that began to grow and to bloom, and uh, that's what attracted these guys. You know, they, you know from from you know the time they hit in 2012 till you know 2019 when this happened. There'd been there'd been a vibe created there. Not only a vibe like you know, in the arena, no, you know, we don't throw bottles, we don't spit on people. You know, lately we just bag the W's, that's all we do. But you know, there was a vibe there, there was an attractiveness there, and there was a young core team that had been developed that was really starting to grind. And that that's what it was. It, it was this culture of winning that that started to emerge, I think, that was the reason that this was possible. So it didn't hope, it didn't just happen overnight. No, and 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 obviously, again, um, it's it's difficult. Certainly, certainly in the city from which you're calling right now, um, from Brooklyn, where it's difficult even for the fans sitting there in the island of Manhattan that did watch their favorite team go out in five last night. Um, that that team and that arena was not the conduit for the super team to form forces. You're right. The Nets did build something with that arena as well that made it more attractive for those guys to go there and team up. I think it's just people just can't handle the teaming up aspect of it. They just can't. Yeah, well, but 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 the Knicks fans were dying for those guys to be there. You know, so it's a little bit cynical, but I get it. As I said, but yeah, and I think it starts to you know with the Nets really from the top down. You know, they got Joe Psy there now, and obviously deep pockets. Yeah, but that, remember that guy was an athlete at Yale. I don't know him. I've met him a couple times. I don't know him very well, but he was an athlete. He played lacrosse as I did in college. You know, if you're a, you're a collegiate athlete, you want to win, right? So you're establishing that now that he's you know gotten control over the team. I have to imagine that, like, that falls down from the top. Let's win, you know, just win, baby, Al Davis style, you know? So the culture over at the Knicks organization is not quite as clear, you know? Or certainly that hasn't been manifest in the way it has been in Brooklyn. So, you know, they've got a lot going for them. You know, Sean Marks over there has been pulling together some guys, you know, over these past years, and there's obviously a serious eye for talent. You can you think about the big three, yes, Kyrie, you know, uh, physicist, you know, uh, KD, <laughs> daggers, and Harden, you know, you, you think about the, I'll get to Harden in a second, you think about those guys, but the role players this year have have really uh, contributed in ways that, are, that have been underappreciated. You know, guys like, you know, uh, uh, Tyler Johnson, you know, had to step up at times, you know, Shamit, you know, uh, the way that Claxton has emerged. You know, and, 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 and Joe Harris, for example, who years, you know, a few years ago, people were going, you know, Joe who? He's like, oh, you know his name now, you know? But these guys are playing a huge role in the net success and in getting them through this season when there were some, you know, some valleys that we dipped into, you know, through injuries and the like. So, you know, this, this, is, a, this is a larger picture than just these bad, bad dudes, you know, that make up this big three. You know, and frankly, with Harden, yes. I'm a Harden for a second, when that possibility came up, I have to say, I was, I was like, I'm like, I don't know, bro. You know, <laughs> I don't know 
what's going on down in Houston and right. the vibe seems, you know, kind of off. Man, I've never been so wrong in my life. That dude is just a visionary, man. He's a visionary on that court, on that court like seeing things into being like, you know, I have, you know, Magic Johnson style and just and his feet, his court generalship, you know, is just singular. The guy's kind of, he's got the body, he's got the skills, but his mind and his vision, you know, are what is really is really making the difference. And the selfishness that he engenders, selflessness, I should say, that he engenders among all these guys, all the guys, the way they've been playing. You know, everybody says it's ego-driven, they're selfish. No, man, this, they've been playing such generous, beautiful basketball. And I, I, they haven't even really hit it yet. But there were pockets during the season where they hit it. And then, you know, the Celtics, they started. So I don't know. Everybody, I don't think people should really complain yet <laughs> because wait for it. And then maybe you can, you know, maybe you complain again. But it's, it's, not, it's not really on all cylinders even just yet. So everybody can calm down a little bit. Jeffrey Wright, the Emmy Award winning actor, Tony Award winning actor, love his work, many of us, and uh, Westwood, and of course the new Bond film that's going to be coming out soon. Uh, right here on the Rich Eisen show. So, where's the parade, Jeffrey? Where does it take place? Do you go? Do you go to Manhattan? Do you do the Canyon of Heroes right in the Knicks backyard, or you go like Nostrand Avenue? Or you do something right there in Brooklyn. What do you do? Where, where Man, do you go? Nobody goes to Manhattan. We don't go to Manhattan from Brooklyn. <laughs> you know, you go get the track. to Manhattan. You know? We, you know, the thing about the Barclays Center is yes. that it's become kind of a, uh, a you know a cultural hub in other ways. You know. A lot of the, you know, the protests uh, this summer, you know, with, uh, against police brutality after the George, George Floyd thing, a lot of those emanated from the Barclays Center. So there's a, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's an energy there, uh, you know, and up Flatbush Avenue and up, you know, that, uh, that who knows? I don't know where it is, but uh, uh, damn sure ain't going to be in, in Manhattan. Well, I think, I think you should start thinking about it potentially. Look, I mean, but yeah. the, Bucks, the Bucks are, you know, they looked like an angry bunch. You know, they looked like a bunch that was um, on point, and um, and this I can't wait. This this hey. is huge. And when you take a look, certainly if the Lakers are out, and I understand yeah. that there's a ton of teams that are very talented, but this is essentially certainly if Embiid is hurt, this could be it, right? This, this could be it. the it here. This I I really think it is. I mean, I think this is for everything. As, you know, not to diminish, you know, Philly, Philly, you know, you know, got, you know, their, 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 their squad, but, you know, you know, the Nets, you know, showed them a few things this season, you know, uh, you know, the questions about Embiid, you know, Embiid, you know, we'll, so we'll see. I think Denver's tough, you know, obviously, uh, but, you know, the Lakers, you know, they're, you know, they're struggling right now. So this, you know, this matchup, this is it. And, you know, Giannis is, whew, Giannis is Giannis, and he's going to do Giannis things. There's no doubt about it. I mean, that guy is on another level. So it's going to be difficult. It's going to be tricky. And the Nets have some vulnerabilities. You know, we've got vulnerabilities in the paint. You know, we don't have the beef that, you know, we, we might want, you know, to, you know, to take care of business in there. We've, we've definitely got some vulnerabilities. But at the same time, if these guys, you know, and Harden lately is starting to, you know, starting to, hit long range if he gets hot long range if joe harris is hot early you know you can hear my dog barking in the background because you know he knows what it's about if those guys start to really really quick and hit shots and keep up the intensity 
that they uh, you know that they've shown over these past games, and is you know we we got we got you know we got a shot. I'm not going to say it's going to be easy, you know, but it's going to be a war, no doubt about it. It's going to so, be fun. So uh, fun. on a scale of one to ten, how incorrigible are you going to be with your Nick friends, Jeffrey? Oh, I'm already awful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I shot I shot spike attacks like, you know, minutes after the game. How'd that go? <laughs> you know? How'd that go? Yeah, you know, but you know, it's all in it's all it's all good. Of but course. They, they're, they're kinda rough, man. They're kinda rough, you know. They throw a lot of heat. You know, I'm just kind of deflecting it back with the mirror. You know, yeah, I, 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 I guess there's only one team in New York now, and only one in Brooklyn. Uh, that was at at Jay Free Wright yesterday. I saw you had very zero chill towards Nick fans on Twitter, which was part of the reason why I reached out to you because I, I don't understand why so many of many of your colleagues in the uh, acting celebrity world just continue to just put their hard-earned money in the pocket of a man who let Oakley rot in jail overnight. I just just don't get it. You can take a courtesy car over to Brooklyn and watch three generationally brilliant players maybe go at it with a coach and Steve Nash, who uh, just because the, everybody thinks he's rolling the basketballs out, wasn't even put in the conversation with Thibodeau. Jeffrey, right, to right. be talk you know, straight no, here. Know, yeah, Nash is a, is, a, is a, you know, he's got the, he's got the thing. He's, you know, he understands the psychology of this thing. He was the right guy for this job. But you're absolutely right. You know, the Oakley thing was just like, I mean, come on. What is that? I actually had a guy in my neighborhood roll up to me with a Nick shirt on, 34, Oakley, talking smack. I'm like, bro, really? You got Oakley's jersey on. Right. And, and. Uh, regardless of the fact that you got swept this year, you're going to step step to me about this. I mean, it's just, it's just, yeah. It's, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a. I grew up in D.C. I, yes. You know, as you know, I'm, I'm a, you know, uh, 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 a WTF or is it WFT fan? Yes. Oh, <laughs> no, it I'm went it, it went from WTF to WFT this year and maybe beyond. Actually, yeah. That's the yeah. They transpose you know, so, those letters. Yeah. Right. Right. So I, you know, I know what it's like to to be, uh, you know, uh, loyal to a dysfunctional and even kind of malignant organization. And I kind of step up, but I'm not, I mean, these guys, you know, yeah, these guys seem to overlook a, a lot of that. That Oakley thing was really, mm. really hard. That's, I mean, it's just, uh, just vulgar, man. So anyway, and then on top of that, you know, you know, you can't spit on people, man. You can't, you know, and they're calling out, you know, they're calling out they want in Brooklyn. But, you know, I guess, you know, we have to wait until uh, the regular season schedule next, uh, they, next year. They will out, have to. You know, hey, and, uh, so, Brooklyn. so Jeffrey Wright, before I let you go, are you in the new Space Jam? Are you in Space Jam too? You got your voice. I, I am not. I am not. You are not. Okay, not. So your IMDb I, I, is is incorrect. Um, so then, what is what are you working on right now? What's next for you? you well, got? you know, uh, I uh, in fact I just got as I was waiting uh, to to ring you. I just got the first script for uh, Westworld season four. So we go back to work in about ten days. So there's that, and you know, I was I was over in London uh, until March finishing up Batman. And, uh, you know, the Nets were keeping me, uh, keeping my brain somewhat, uh, somewhat clear over there. You know, a lot of isolation over there during, you know, uh, quarantines and the like. Nets okay. games were keeping me pretty clear and buoyant and stuff like that. So, finish that and going back to Westworld now and, you know, just mm-hmm. trying to keep it rolling, bro. I, trying to make the adjustment like everybody else. No 
doubt. So, uh, and then the the new Bond film got pushed due to COVID. When, is that coming out this fall? Is that when that's? Oh uh, yeah, hitting? October. Uh, okay. The exact day in October. Yeah, it should uh, be out in October. Yes. You know, uh, Felix all Leiter. continue uh, according to plan. So uh, yeah, Fantastic. that'll be fun. That'll be fun to. Uh, and I got a Wes Anderson film that I did. Uh, uh-huh. That got pushed back to that's opening can, uh, opening can film festival this year in July. So you know, a couple things, a little something for everybody, Rich. Oh, yes. <laughs> so oh, Bond, yeah. Westworld, Wes Anderson, and an NBA championship potentially for your Brooklyn Nets. That could I'm trying be... to be like Harden, man. I'm trying to dish it out to everybody. That's... You know? <laughs> <laughs> and also make threes, get to the line, and do everything else. So uh... and hit them. You know, <laughs> that's right. Jeffrey, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Let's uh, let's connect as your your team uh, potentially matriculates cool man thanks rich thanks for the call you bet that's one of our favorites yeah. jeffrey wright that was awesome jeffrey wright right here on the rich eisen show the batman he plays james gordon i would say did he say batman yeah. man yes the batman He's the one so the, the one with uh you know also robert pattinson i believe plays yeah i think you're right he the is dark knight colin farrell and he is in it I mean, he's so good. And Westworld. So, how many? I didn't want to ask him this. Maybe the next time. Mm -hmm. How many? uh, How many reads through a Westworld script till he he understands what he's going to do as the actor? (laughs) Right. How many? How many reads through it? Do you need to call somebody and say, "Okay, so when this is what you've written, (laughs) what the hell does that mean?" I kind of get it. I get it. It's you know. It's one of those shows you have to watch two, three times oh, yeah. to understand what you're seeing. I can only imagine when you're seeing the written word on the page what the hell that does. Right? Okay, so we will take a break, come back, and today's another, uh, we just talked about it. it's the 34th anniversary of Untouchables. Uh, another uh, movie came out uh, years ago today that's caused us to think about our another poll question before Urban Meyer joins us in hour number three with Shaq Barrett of the Bucks. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. This is the Rich Eisen Show. All right, back here on the uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We've got three minutes until the radio audience returns, and then hour number three of this program will be Shaq Barrett of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then Urban Meyer of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, so now you have an agenda <laughs> With for Urban? the Urban Meyer conversation. I do. Absolutely, I do. Yeah. And I... I I will definitely ask the man the question. Well, I appreciate you uh, you doing that. Look, and the question is, you want to know, even though 
he can absolutely say no, or the question can't even be put to him. Yeah, they would have but, to. They would have to quote unquote volunteer. Okay, you want to see the Jaguars on Hard Knocks in the worst way. The worst way. To see Urban Meyer's first season as a professional head coach. I want to see him. To do, see, I want to see him do the CEO thing. I want to see how he's going to adjust and adapt to the NFL game. Travis, you want to see, I mean, uh, Trevor Lawrence. I want, Trevor, see Trevor I want number one overall pick. pick. I yeah. want him learning, uh, becoming an NFL starter. And, and I want Tebow. I want all of it. I want him in the meetings. I want him at practice. I want him doing all the Tebow stuff. I want a full day with Tebow, his <laughs> Miss Universe wife. And when he gets cut... I want oh, I want Tebow and Urban Meyer oh, in the go. room oh, telling him go. he got cut. See ya. That's okay. what I want. Now, <laughs> a couple of things. Because why you love hard knocks and why we all and watch hard knocks is to see the real world stuff. Yeah. Where yep. what we do in regular business with a boss and an employer an employer or an employee relationship and how you know, you're trying to make the grade in your job and apply that to the NFL and also root for the people who need that extra oomph mm. of fan rooting for as they try to get the job yep. and then see the behind-the-scenes conversation amongst the coaching staff about the player. Yeah. And then when the player may have to visit the Turk and go get his playbook, okay. on occasion we used to see that conversation. We're not going to see that anymore, and you're certainly not going to see it between Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow. That's never going to happen. Never. If you remember, Mayock was like, he, he was like Dominic Hoshik stopping every puck for that for that <laughs> hard knocks what with if, the Raiders. What if Urban's different and he says, let's yeah, go. Let's do it. 24-7, all access. I don't think that'll happen. Not with the Tim, but, but in the fact that we always like watching players trying to make an NFL team watch, through hard yeah, knocks. Tim Tebow would be the most famous such oh. person in the history of the series. It'd be the most watched hard knocks season ever. Yeah. Mm. Hey, if he's going to be in AEW wrestling, maybe HBO Sports. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show radio uh, network, we were just talking in our Peacock segment about uh, Urban Meyer joining us in hour number three. The NFL does not require teams that have hired new head coaches to do hard knocks if asked. They have to volunteer to do it. Now... I know the Jaguars are about brand building. Absolutely. We just saw Urban Meyer, who's joining us in hour three, appear on AEW with Charlie Strong, right? Yeah. And, and Chris Jericho. And what's the name of the guy who, who got hammered by the laptop? MJF. MJF. Okay, I should write this down. He's but, a member of the tribe, Rich. Not MJD. Oh, is it? Maxwell, J- Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Okay. There oh. you go. Remember the truck. But, but Shad Khan is big in uh, London, international. No, no, I know that they're about Tony. brand building. Yeah, Urban absolutely. Meyer today tweeted out four photographs of what looked like architectural drawings of a new Jaguar facility, a new Jaguar. Kind of revitalizing yeah. downtown right. uh, Jacksonville. A new Four Seasons hub. Yeah. You know, a new Four Seasons hotel, Jacksonville hub. I, I understand it's about puffing your chest out and putting the Jacksonville Jaguars out there. And if you want to get excitement behind a team that's pretty much kind of been a laughing stock for the last decade or so. But why would Urban Meyer want to have cameras all over the place as he's attempting to brand his team and and create the culture of winning to go along with all of this stuff when teams just don't – 
have that sort of but urban desire. Is, like urban's it about that life, though. Huh? He's about that life. He's about coaching life, he's man. About, he's about, he's about camera he's spotlight. TV. No, he's not. No, he's not. Famous. He's done TV. He, 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 he can do and enjoy it, but he's not. I mean, have we heard from Tim Tebow yet? Nope. No. Who does that sound like? Well, it sounds like Bill. Damn straight it does. Yeah. The Patriots always take the oxygen out of a story and a media circus that or a media spotlight that would turn into a circus elsewhere. Whereas the Jets, when they acquired Tebow, had a press conference. I believe it wasn't at the Chelsea Piers. It was on uh, uh, on the west side, right? What's the name of those piers on the west side? Forget it. I, I can't. I, boy, I've been, I mean, we've been, been away a long time. We've been, been away a long time. Pier 47 or something like that? Yeah, right I know near, the ones right, you're right, talking right about. Near, the intrepid right stuff. near the intrepid. Yes, right. I know exactly, exactly what you're talking about, okay. Yep. Yep. I think that's where they held the press conference. And yes. they sent, and, and the owner wasn't there, and the coach wasn't there, and the GM wasn't there because they were all at the owner's meeting, and they still didn't wait for it. They just sent Tebow out, like strolled out on, uh, on the in, the, in a warehouse on a pier. pier. That's what they did. The Jacksonville Jaguars, what do they do? Send out a statement, and that's the end of it. We have not heard from them yet. So if they were about that life, we would have heard from Tebow. He'd have been out there. The backup, you know, the guy who's trying to become TE2 or TE3 or maybe even TE1. Who do you want if it's not the Jaguars? Well, uh, another team that is eligible. He doesn't is, even want to talk about what if not the Jaguars, but. I, I, I mean, don't. I want Jacksonville I beyond anything else. But another <laughs> compelling team that is, quote unquote, hard knocks eligible is the Arizona Cardinals, which yeah, I think would be that'd amazing. Be a good one too. That would, be, would too. also be good. JJ Watt, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Cliff Kingsbury, Kingsbury Steve yeah. Kime, as the, even the general manager, Bidwell flying his jet. Dallas is also technically eligible, but I'm kind of a sick of the Dallas. Uh, we've, we've seen that a few times. Yeah, we don't need that. Yeah, we don't. So need you're that. You, you're yeah, eligible if you don't have a first year head coach, right? Or did not make the playoffs the year before. So if you made the playoffs, you're ineligible. Yes, you can't be quote forced to do it. Ooh, the Jets. Bring the Jets on. Well, Jets have a new head coach. Oh, that's right. There's really only one. I mean, normally, normally it's one. been announced by now. It's usually a late May announcement of what's coming. Yeah, so we're man. still a couple of weeks. Well, I think the NFL is still working on, uh, you know, what the protocol would be. I think they've kind of got that all hammered out. Uh, Giants. Just everybody get a shot of the visor, Moderna or J&J Giants and you're all good. good Giants, Panthers, Broncos also eligible. Giants. Yeah, it's just not. It's just not even close. I'm not interested. No. I want. I want Jacksonville 90. percent And if we're not getting Jacksonville, right. we'll take Arizona. All right, I'll ask Urban. What are your thoughts? <laughs> okay, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I, I Go think that it's going to be flag, See how I think it flies. It's be interesting. Maybe he'll say that uh, the, his uh, hard knocks plans were on that laptop he handed to Chris Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> we got to ask about, about that play that's drawn up on the board. Yeah, right. right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> on the grease board. So, what's the other poll question based on uh, on, a, on a movie release today, Chris? Go for it. Okay, today, 1983, Big was released. 1983. I mean, I'm a junior in high school. Dude, God. are you saying that Oof. that that movie is 30... How many... Are you saying Oh, sorry, movie, sorry, sorry. 1988. 1988. 1988. Okay. Oof, my fault. Well, okay. it's 33 years old. It's still 33 years old. Was there a okay. and gone? Yeah. 
Right. So what's the, what's the poll question based off of All that? right. So this, I, I wanted to do something. It was easy to just go like 80s Tom Hanks movie. We've done no, that no, before. No, we're not going to do We've that. We've done that before. Right. I want to combine it with football. Okay. And I want to say which NFL player needs to get big in 2021. Okay. What do you got for me? So we're looking at young guys. Yes, who have to get big. Who need to kind of get big. Let's, right. let's so throw up. young let's throw up. NFL players young who have NFL to visit the here. NFL Zoltan. Exactly. Yes. And become big on the spot. Now, I got two good ones, and then I'm kind of looking for okay, the, what do you the got? rest. Let's go Daniel Jones. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Daniel Jones needs to get big. Kyler Murray needs to get big. Okay, he was big for a bit last year for like uh, half a year. Okay, I've written those two down. And after that, I'm just I got another one for you. Sam Darnold's got to get big. Sam Darnold's got to get big. I like that one. Okay, because he's got a fifth-year option, you know, picked up, but he's got to get big. Sam Darnold's got to get big. And um, it's it's kind of a quarterback poll, I suppose, but I want to throw Carson Wentz on there. But he's 28. He's already big. I I get it. Dude, he's 28. (laughs) Like he's the oldest child there is. That's true. He's like the Danny Almonte of quarterbacks. <laughs> okay. That's good. I, I feel uh, you want a fourth one at the quarterback position, and I know he'll probably get stomped here, but Jalen Hurts has got to get big. He's got a one-year window yeah. in Philadelphia. All right, I like it. He's got a one-year window. He's got to get big if he wants to, you know, be the man in Philadelphia with – not one, not two, but potentially three first-round picks in the arsenal of Howie Roseman in that front office to go and draft somebody next year or even use it to acquire Deshaun Watson should he become a viable quarterback in the NFL and member of society. So I'm sure he would sit there and say he already is, but we're now sitting here first week of June, and that situation, as we refer to it, is not resolved. So Jalen Hurts is going to get this opportunity in Philadelphia as it sits here right now, and he's got to get big. Otherwise, Philadelphia is going to go in a totally different direction. Darnold needs to get big. It's time for him. And then Kyler Murray, does he need to? I mean, I I do understand what you're saying there, though. I mean, it's a deepest end of the pool there in the NFC West. And then Daniel Jones is a no-brainer to be on this list. Who would you choose? I know who I would choose, but you don't like me making a choice. But I'll have to do it <laughs> well, right now because we got guests coming right around the corner. You think it's Daniel Jones? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Daniel Jones must get big. They have, they have, they got him the number one free agent wide receiver. Saquon's coming back from a knee injury, and they went wide receiver in Kadarius Tony in the first round. And they've got Evan Ingram ready to go. He's got to get big too. Saquon's got to get big coming back. What a year for the Giants. Oh, boy, they play defense. It'll be great if they actually get an opportunity here to win your division, TJ Jefferson. Eh, it won't happen. Our number three, Shaq Barrett of the Bucks and Urban Meyer on the program. So, you, do you disagree with that? Uh, no, no. Okay. I, I, uh, Jalen Hurts also, just because I know it'll be his first full year starting. We assume he's going to be the starter, but because he was the second round pick, he doesn't have that fifth year option. So this right. is, this is it. This is it. Yeah. He's got to get big. He's getting the opportunity. This is it. 
unless the competition that's there in Philadelphia winds up with the the needle pointing towards Nick uh, uh, Joe Flacco. I mean, you know? if, if Joe Flacco is the Eagles he's not. quarterback, so much has gone wrong. It's so crazy. The whole yeah. thing's nutty. Next week, man, is mandatory minicamp. Everybody's going to be there. Second week of June, right in the middle of the NBA and NHL playoffs. Not everybody. Maybe. That's right. Well, that's the point, too. <laughs> and by the way, just let me say this. Um, I take a lot of heat for... Um, Selling my, my Rams tickets on this, uh, in both of your faces, reserved tickets to go to the open Rams practice next week at SoFi Stadium in both of your faces. I'm going to. Why too. is that in my face? That's uh, showing my fandom for the Rams. I'm going to. <laughs> I don't think that's it's showing that, you know, I've, I mean, they were free. It it's about yeah. number one. <laughs> yeah. It's about to say, right. knowing you, Chris. <laughs> They were free tickets, and you're gonna are you're gonna probably bring Sarah and your little your yeah. Little we're baby. going. Right. Are you are you a Rams fan? Chris? I want to see Stafford? He's not a Rams fan. No, no, he's not a Rams. No, fan. no, no. He's just a guy who loves football. Yeah, and we wants tickets and wants to and wants to see some games. Yeah. and will absolutely use his tickets for profit to pay for his season tickets. He wants to get Chargers tickets because they're playing. Teams he can no doubt about it. I guess I'm just still confused because I get crap about all these teams I have, but yet, like when I had Clippers season tickets because I lived here and select oh. the Sixers, there was a problem with that. So no, no, I'm, there I'm, is a problem with it, but I, in the same way that I call you into question, I, you know, it's 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 in the yeah, same by direction. The way, it's towards open him. season on me. For, I, mean, you me. I sell all my tickets. It's not like I'm like, hey man, good for you. You've got a team here in L.A. <laughs> and you're a Patriot fan. No, he's a total fraud. Does that make you feel better? <laughs> Yeah, okay. because I'm like, I had season tickets and I wasn't. So I'm Del Tufo. Oh, I'm a Rams fan. I'm not really. I never had I a love team. the Giants. I mean, he's we a fraud, had a too. My, uh, he's he, a fraud. He's on I'm the, the only genuine lips. person sitting here. How dare you, sir? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Jack Barrett and Urban Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> 